That was another, not kerfuffle, process. I think kerfuffle did a pretty, pretty good job. But uh, to answer your question, no, we don't need to do introductions. Maybe we could do, yo, it's Chloe, and then your, hey, it's... I'm Charles. Charles. I'm Charles. I'm your father. Yeah, and I'm your daughter. I used to have trouble pronouncing your name when I was younger. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I always remember is like the R and the L. It was like Charles, that part specifically. Yes, I remember. But you don't actually have to say my name very often, so you didn't get a lot of practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even now I'm like, oh, I feel like, oh, what if I say it wrong? Charles. Even in like elementary school, did they ever make you do like learn syllables by like clapping it out? Clapping? No, I don't remember that. But you know, I was in elementary school a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you use chalkboards back then? Oh, yes, we did. Also, you know, I was moving a, a lot of times. I went to three different elementary schools. And they, my I started elementary school in Germany. Oh. Did they speak in German or No, they sp- spoke in English. We were part of the um, post-Second World War uh, occupation forces. So my dad was in the military, and we were part of the occupying forces along with the Americans and the French. You're so old, Dad. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Well, I mean, that in like the most flattering way, but that seems like such a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But, you know, it was interesting because, you know, you and I have managed to come of age without experiencing war. But my both my parents went through the Second World War. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like even today, people, maybe I can't speak for everybody, but the ocean is on fire because like a gas pipe something leaked? Did you see that? Yes, indeed. That's crazy looking, isn't it? It, it is indeed. Um, but uh, there's a lot of natural gas and a lot of oil in oil fields under the ocean. It's a, it's a lot, of, um, lot of drills under the ocean. If one of them springs a leak, that's what happens. Yeah, so I guess that kind of is a nice transition into uh, Earth. Today's episode is going to be talking about Earth and uh, how we're messing it all up. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, we're going to talk about the cool things about Earth and maybe why we shouldn't mess it up. Yes, but we're talking about the Earth from the perspective of an astronomer. And astronomy reminds us that the Earth is over 4 billion years old and it's been through a number of catastrophes. So the Earth will survive us just fine. Oh. It's we who are in trouble with global climate change. The Earth has, has ways of dealing with us. Give it a few million years, everything will be okay. But there's, okay, so I guess I just sidetrack, but it's like when we talk about climate change, mm-hmm. what's the thing where like scientists are like, there's something where it's like, we're supposed to go like past the point of no return and it's like all messed up or whatever. Is that, that's only relating to like us. Like, is there, okay, is there a thing where humans can mess it up so badly, earth meaning that there could be like no life at all on earth or it's really just like, no, just give it a couple, like, million years and it should be fine. Uh, there's 
essentially no chance that we could wipe out all life altogether. Word. Even with nuclear war, we wouldn't wipe out everything. But we could, we could do a lot of damage. We could drive a lot of species to extinction. Mm-hmm. And we could greatly reduce biological diversity. Yes. Um, but again, you wait 10 million or 100 million years, that diversity can bounce right back, mm-hmm. right? So just, just for the record, I'm very much in favor of us trying to help the Earth um, prevent catastrophic climate change. I think catastrophic climate change can be very bad for us, mm-hmm. very bad for our fellow species. Yeah. I think a lot of species are going extinct because of our behavior, and I think that's not a good thing. Yes. And it's not too late to make a change. Mm-hmm. So with climate change, there was something I always heard with like the, what's it called? The ozone layer, and it has a hole, right? Mm-hmm. So to understand that a little bit better. So Earth has an atmosphere. It's pretty thin. I did some research on it. It's like 53 mm-hmm. miles from the surface of the Earth. And then it just kind of disperses as it goes. Well, most, almost all the atmosphere is within the 53 miles that you just mentioned. So yes, you, you got that right. And that's customarily where people say that space begins and the atmosphere stops. Oh, yes, the the Kármán line. The Kármán line, exactly. You're, you're quite correct. Yes. It's not a firm boundary. Like, you know, the solid boundary of the Earth is a firm edge, edge to the solid Earth. But it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a place where the atmosphere becomes so dilute that um, you, it, it makes more sense to think of it as, a, as part of space than, a, than as part of the Earth's atmosphere. So why does the atmosphere kind of stick so closely to Earth? Like, how come it's not like, is it gravity that's just like pulling all that air in? Or is it like, oh, the stuff that is being produced on Earth kind of clings around? Because it's like, oh, there's nothing like a dome keeping the atmosphere in. How come it's not just like, boom, going into space, and we're like, ugh, can't breathe. So, well, there are two processes going on. One is gravity, the gravity of the Earth. That's what holds us down, and it also draws the, the gases of the atmosphere towards the surface of the Earth. And so that, that's why the atmosphere doesn't disperse into outer space. That's why it sticks around. Now, the reason why it has the thickness it does is because the atmosphere is heated up mm-hmm. um, by the thermal heat coming from the, from the Earth, and that causes the gas to develop pressure, and that pushes back. And the balance between the gas pressure pushing outwards and the gravitational attraction pushing inwards oh. balances out at the atmosphere we have. Oh, oh, interesting. Because what does, does gravity affect everything? Gravity affects everything. And that's like including the little air Absolutely. molecules or gases. Absolutely. Oh. But then, okay, just to repeat what you were saying back in maybe like a, a dumbed down version of it. So that the sun is like, blah, we're heating up the earth. And then because it's a gas, the molecules are like bouncing around. And that energy is what is pushing outwards. That's why... It's kind of like out. There's an intermediate step, which maybe I wasn't clear about, is that the atmosphere, the gases in our atmosphere, are mostly transparent to most of the sun's radiation that's coming our way. So the sun's radiation, except when it hits clouds, when it's clear, just comes straight through and heats up the surface of the Earth. Oh. And the surface of the Earth heats up to a nice temperature for us. And that radiates back outwards. And that, that's what warms the atmosphere. It's the, it's the warmth from the Earth. And the, so the atmosphere has a pressure because it's warm, 
and it pushes outwards and then the gravity of the Earth, the gravitational attraction of the Earth draws the atmosphere in. And that balance gives us the atmosphere that we have. Yeah, very cool. So we'll talk about the sun in a different episode, but the sun is quite... To to understand how like important the atmosphere is and how like good it is for us. So the sun, it gives life, but it is also kind of bad for us, right? What is there? There's UV... What's the one that gives you skin cancer? The ultraviolet light, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, going back to the ozone layer, is the ozone layer, is that another word for the atmosphere? No. Ozone is a form of oxygen. So the oxygen that we're breathing, that you're breathing right now in San Jose, that I'm breathing here in Massachusetts, that is the reason why it's possible for animals to live, is what we call diatomic oxygen. It has two atoms of oxygen bound together chemically. So there are, oxygen is, as, as, a, as an atom, is just one nucleus with eight electrons orbiting it. And when you make diatomic oxygen, two of them bind together chemically, and so they move around together as a pair. Ozone is three oxygens together, and they form a little V shape. Okay. And it's not a very stable molecule, and it typically, when it encounters other, one ozone molecule encounters another ozone molecule, it typically go back to diatomic oxygen because that's the more stable state. And it's formed by the ultraviolet light from the sun interacting with the diatomic oxygen in the upper atmosphere, and it makes ozone. So the ozone is a layer in the atmosphere, specifically composed of the dioxygen molecule. No, the, the, the atmosphere that we breathe, yes. the lower atmosphere, uh-huh. is the oxygen is all diatomic. Okay. It's uh, what we call O2. Yes. For, for, right, okay. Ozone is O3 because there are three uh, atoms of oxygen in an, in an ozone. Oh, okay. Okay. And the O3 only occurs at relatively high elevations up in the stratosphere and above. And it's produced by ultraviolet radiation interacting with the O2, but it also absorbs the ultraviolet radiation. And that's what's good, good for us because too much UV and we get skin cancer. Oh, oh, I never understood the ozone layer. I knew that it was good, but I never knew what it did specifically. Mm-hmm. So the problem, there's a hole in the ozone layer. The way I thought of it, it was like, oh, there's an umbrella and there's like a hole in it. That's not good. <laughs> it's a little, not a bad analogy. And the ozone is in the southern hemisphere over Antarctica and reaches up more or less to New Zealand and the southern parts of Australia. I thought it was mostly over Australia, right? It's um, mostly over Antarctica, actually. It's centered on, on, on Antarctica. Uh, and it's, it's, but it's very large. It extends as far north as Australia and, and New Zealand and the southern part of South America. So... Do people there need to wear like extra sunscreen or? Oh yes, uh, there's a big problem with skin cancer in Australia and New Zealand. Oh. In fact, you know, I, I just give you a personal anecdote. I went to see a dermatologist to have a, something on my skin examined, and they were taking a history. You know, they when they interview you and ask you where you've been, what you've done, and I said, well, I grew up in New Zealand, and they said, oh, New Zealand, we have to pay perfect. A particular attention to you. Oh, because that was a bit ago. I remember when that happened. Was there anything weird with that? Like, is there any? No, it was, I was I was okay. Okay. But my 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 father had melanomas on three occasions. So, oh. Yeah. <sighs> well. It, okay. So, is there supposed to be an ozone hole? A hole in the ozone? Now the ozone hole is believed to be produced by the interaction with a particular type of chemical that's reduced it produced. Uh, 
by um, what are called chlorofluorocarbons. These are molecules that have carbon and fluorine and, and chlorine in them. And they used to be used in refrigerators. And when refrigerators were, were decommissioned and the chlorofluorocarbons were released to the atmosphere, some of them would make it up into the ozone layer and they would react with the ozone and reduce the ozone very substantially. Wait, question, and, question, yes. question, question. I thought methane was the bad one. What's this chloroboridora thing? Chlorofl- chlorofluorocarbons are bad for the ozone layer. And this is a very big success of international um, agreements some 20 or more years ago, maybe more than 20 years ago now, where it was agreed to change the chemicals that were used to make refrigerators so as to reduce the damage being done to the ozone layer. And almost everyone in the world complied. All the, big, all the major manufacturers of refrigerators changed the, the chemicals that they use. And very slowly, but the ozone hole is, is, um, is shrinking. Wait, question. Hold on. What other thing? Are you? Is there something squeaking? Are you playing with anything, Dad? My pen. I don't even know that I'm playing with it. <laughs> okay, never mind. I thought I heard something squeaking, but whatever. It was. It was my pen. So, okay, Dad. Stop playing with your pen. Okay, no. Um. So is methane gas now the new chlorobora bad stuff? Well, methane gas is not good for the global climate change because it's actually a very strong greenhouse gas. It does do some damage to the ozone layer, but its primary problem for us is that it's contributing to global warming. Oh, wait, so the, what's it called again? The chlorobora... Okay, slow down. Yeah. Say chloro. Chloro. You can say this. Chloro. Uh-huh. Chloro, okay? Say it again. Chloro. Okay, good. Now, second part. Fluoro. Okay, chloro, fluoro. Carbon. Carbon. There. Okay. Chloro, fluoro, carbon. You got it. Okay, so that is <clears throat> different from methane in that the chlorofluoro, what is it, carbon? carbon. Mm-hmm. Yes, diluted the atmosphere or the ozone layer, which is bad in itself. But then the methane gas is trapping more heat, which is also bad. But they're bad in different ways. Yes. Quote unquote bad. Yes. Okay, okay. Wow, I didn't even know about the, the refrigerator thing. Did it change how fridges worked or something? It, it, it changed the manufacturing. It, it changed air conditioners too. All automobile air conditioners had to be changed. Um, so all new cars with which have these really very high functioning air conditionings are very different from the ones of 20 or 30 years ago. Do you know how they're different? Uh, not in detail, um, but it's primarily they just use a, diff- a different chemical. There's a chemical that um, is used to be known as Freon. The original chlorofluorocarbon was something called Freon. And it's just been replaced by other other chemicals. And honestly, I don't know what the new chemicals are called. But methane is doing something different. The methane holds the heat in. So is it trapping? Correct me if I'm wrong. So, or fill in the details. So, okay, so cows... They fart. But now it's learning that it's actually the burping is the one that produces more of the methane? They fart and they fart and they burp, yes. But I think the burp might produce more methane. It's not their fault. So they're like farting out of their mouth? What's happening? <laughs> they have like five stomachs, right? I I think they have four stomachs. But anyway, they have a lot of stomachs. Okay, so cows, they produce the methane. The methane gas is blah, 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 chemistry. There's compounds in there or whatever. They go up into the atmosphere because gas rises. Mm-hmm. But then the sun goes d- 
down, like here's a sun ray beaming down onto Earth. Mm -hmm. And then usually some of the warmth stays on Earth, but then the rays like bounce back up and that's temperature. And because the ozone has like, the atmosphere is like dispersed, some of the rays go out. But now because it's more dense with the methane gases, it the ray like hits the other extra gases and boom, bounces back. So it's like a greenhouse. Yes. That's end conclusion. Almost. Not bad. Okay. <laughs> Where did I go wrong? Well, let, let, let me just do it a little bit... Uh, Clearer? With a little bit more detail. Okay. So that the, the, the light from the sun, it's mostly visible light, you know, the light that we can see with our eyes. And so most of that makes it through the atmosphere, except for the stuff that encounters clouds on the way. But if it's cloud-free, the sunlight just comes through the atmosphere, hits the Earth, and a good fraction of it is then absorbed by the Earth and warms the Earth up. Now, if the Earth had no way of cooling, it would just keep warming and warming and warming, and eventually it would be way too hot. Mm. But it has to achieve a balance by radiating energy back out. And it radiates the energy back out in infrared radiation. Wait, infrared is temperature? Like heat? No, infrared is color. Uh, oh, okay. It's redder than the reddest light that we can see. So, you know that feeling of warmth when you're near a hot, a hot thing like a hot plate on the stove or near a fire mm -hmm. you know you can feel that you can actually feel the warmth sort of reaching through the space and on, onto your arm and your or your hand that's infrared radiation that you're feeling it's it's too red for our eyes to see <gasps> dad are we feeling color it's a little bit like that um the the the, the warmth you know the sense of warmth uh, that we experience on the earth is is exchanged by infrared radiation and this radiation then goes out to space and a balance between the radiation going out into space and the new radiation coming in from the sun. When it's in balance, you get a nice temperature. But if you have too much absorption of the radiation on the way out, the Earth warms up. And that's what's going on right now. Primarily because of carbon dioxide, but also increasingly because of methane. Because those gases, they absorb the infrared radiation that you and I can't see, but which carries the heat away. Are, are cows the only thing? Not the only thing, but the main methane producers? Actually, I don't know that to be true. Um, I could check. I think they're a very significant new methane contributor um, because people like to eat beef and people like dairy products. And so, for instance, again, going back to New Zealand, um, when I was growing up in New Zealand, there were lots of sheep, but very few cows. But now, because of the world market for dairy products, largely in Asia, New Zealand has a lot of cows, and so New Zealand is now producing a lot of greenhouse gases, which is not great for New Zealand. I'm lactose intolerant, so... Yeah, so am I. Okay, yeah, wait, so... Yeah, methane gas, that's not good. It's not good for the... It's not good for our climate. Because we and the vegetation that we depend on for food and... and um, construction materials and for a great many things that feeds us and feeds the animals that we like to eat that's all it, that is all dependent on the temperature and if it gets too warm we change the climate our agriculture goes out of balance um, there's a lot of possibility for significant disruption in food supply also in general comfort as you know some of the heat waves out west yeah. have been quite extraordinary oh wait this is also something i wanted to talk to you about because i don't quite understand. I don't know if this is more like weather specifically, but there was like a heat breaking record wave in Oregon. Have you heard about that? Mm -hmm. 
I have indeed. And that's creating like a more dome of just like hot air that's like trapped and not rising. Is that more like weather stuff? That's not really astronomy, right? Well, that's not really astro- that's I, I have no expertise in that particularly. The, I understand the processes that are causing the atmosphere to warm up overall, but the detailed responses like the heat dome of Oregon or the various serious storms that just occurred in Germany and Belgium and destroyed a lot of people's homes. There appears to be a lot more extreme weather as the earth warms up. Um, and that is that is weather, and that's not something I have any, any expertise mm-hmm. in. But there is there's clearly a cause and effect. There really does appear to be a cause and effect here. Absolutely. Oh, I just, I don't know. It's so like the refrigerator thing. It's like, guys, we all band together to do something different. It's like, maybe let's do that with cows and cars and i don't know but it's like you have to make something better that people want to use like Mm -hmm. in california right dad it's a driving country oh my god you need a car like the public transportation here absolutely sucks Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you do what to do well there's a lot of things we have to do i think increasingly people are coming around to understand that this is what we call human-induced climate change is because of our industrial use of fossil fuels like oil mostly and, and natural gas to a significant degree and coal and that's putting mostly mostly the problem is co2 going into the atmosphere from burning of coal oil and natural gas so we have to cut back on that and um, it's not going to be easy because our, our entire economy depends on energy coming from coal oil and gas yeah but there, there, is, there are technologies that we can develop. Battery-powered cars, for instance, are, are beginning to appear, and they seem to work just fine. But isn't it more like the manufacturing of a car is also kind of the problem, and transportation or distribution of that car is also a problem? I don't know, Dad, there's just so many problems! Oh, absolutely. Um, there are so many problems, you're absolutely right. But what we need, we need dedicated, well-educated engineers... Mm-hmm. and economists and scientists yeah and we can we can deal with this yes we just need to we need to agree that we're going to deal with it yeah i don't it just sometimes it feels like there's a regression in like rational thought such as moving on to the main topic that i wanted to talk to you about is the flat earthers <laughs> dad what do you think about them or the idea well, first of all, the Earth is not flat. Okay, get that out. Yeah. Let's just get that out. The Earth is, it's not exactly a sphere, but it's, it's very approximately described as a sphere. But some people, and I honestly don't know why, like to espouse the view that this is all just a misunderstanding and our political leaders are trying to keep everything hidden from us and that we live on a flat Earth. And I don't know if any of them have traveled significantly like you mm-hmm. and our family. We've been to China. We've been to New Zealand. We've, we've flown significant fractions of the distance around the, around the world. And all of this airline infrastructure of travel is based on the world being round, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. So I wanted to chat about this and I wanted to do it in a way where it's like, oh, I take on the role of like, a flat earther and like put out like oh arguments of like oh it is flat and then you just like boom push it out of the way that's not right or you've just proven yourself in fact that it is round okay so to give a little background because i tried to look up or understand this because i never really knew what the theory of flat earth is mm-hmm. so the main theory i got this from 
LiveScience.com or Science.com, one of those. So quote unquote, the leading flat earther theory is that Earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle on the edge. Wait, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's like a hundred foot wall of ice surrounding the rim, like Antarctica. It's not a, a little group. It's like the ring. Mm -hmm. And then NASA employees, they guard that wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disc. Dad, your take? You've worked with NASA a bit, maybe. Do you know anybody who's uh, guarding the walls? I do a lot of work with NASA. I do a lot of work with a lot of other people who've worked with NASA for many years. I also have colleagues, some of whom, you, one of whom you've met, who go to Antarctica every year. So my colleague at the Center for Astrophysics goes to the South Pole, and he hasn't reported any um, any guards from NASA in the way. So. Uh-huh. I don't think so. But there's no, like, secret subdivision of NASA that they don't want you to know about? Because if they don't want you to know about it, then you wouldn't know about it. Well, that is the ultimate conspiracy theorist excuse. Of course you haven't met anybody from NASA because it's a secret. But how do they know about this particular arm of NASA? The truth is, you can fly over Antarctica in commercial airplanes. In fact, tourists do that. You can they fly from New Zealand and from South America. In fact, there was a big tragedy um, a long time ago oh, where one of the New hold Zealand... Oh, hold on, This... Go on. Oh, what were you saying? I was just going to say there was a big tragedy in New Zealand a number, uh, maybe 30 or 40 years ago where one of the tourist flights crashed in Antarctica. Oh, that's a bummer. They, yeah, it's, yeah, it's awful. It was hundreds of people. Um, but they... People fly over, over the ice every day. People who I know personally launch balloons over the Antarctica. But to interrupt you, Dad, there's the other thing that I read that, quote unquote, GPS devices are rigged to make airplane pilots think they're flying in a straight line around a sphere, a sphere but in actuality, they're flying in circles around a disc. So the airplanes are like you know, rigged, and even the pilots are confused. Dad? Yeah? How would you answer that? It's a nice fantasy. Um, the G I know actually people who worked on the development of GPS, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, they, GPS is just based on simple clocks, and they, they orbit around the Earth, and they go around in nearly circles, and the GPS system is used now by not just um, the military and by NASA, but by airlines, but also every one of us, you know, we, we all have GPS on our phones. And so the private companies who install GPS on our phones, they would have to be part of the conspiracy. And? It's a pretty big conspiracy when you think about it. Hundreds of thousands of people. That's big. That's a, and to think that not one person would slip up in those hundreds of thousands of people, mm -hmm. that would be pretty dedicated, right? That would, that would be very dedicated. And it would also have to be people in different countries would have to agree to behave this way mm -hmm. because it's not just Americans who go to Antarctica, mm -hmm. but people from most of the scientifically um, sophisticated countries have uh, activities in Antarctica, including the Chinese now do a lot in, of, of research in Antarctica, the Japanese, the Koreans, the Australians, the New Zealanders. They're all in on it. They're, they're all in on, this, on, the, on the conspiracy. Uh, but, okay, so the other thing that I saw was that Okay, the reason why people are doing this, because, you know, when you think about this kind of conspiracy theory, it's like, but why? Like, why? What would you gain from this? Like, what are you gonna... 
how would you... Like, that's a lot of effort for something if you're not going to gain something out of it. Yeah. So they think that, quote-unquote... Wait, maybe this... Hold on, let me see. Basically something that, like, the government is, like, profiting off of, like, that... I don't know. Actually, I don't know why. Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't know, right? Like... Maybe... Well, the truth is, you actually, you just hit the nail on the head. It doesn't make sense. Okay, 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 hold on, hold on. The motive for the world government's concealment of the true shape of the earth has not only been ascertained, 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 what does that mean? Figured out. Oh, but, okay, has not been, okay, it hasn't been figured out, but flat earthers believe, they believe it's probably financial. So they don't know why, why anyone would do this, why the government would cover it up, but mm-hmm. it's probably financial. <laughs> I don't know. That's such a, a such a stretch. I I don't get it because honestly, there is just so much evidence that the Earth is round. Yeah. Including we launched we launched lots of spacecraft, not just a few spacecraft, but thousands of spacecraft. And a smaller number go great distances from the Earth, not just to the moon, but to Mars, to other planets. They would see this stuff. Whereas we have this very elegant theory of gravity that goes back to Newton and was embellished and greatly improved by Einstein. Wait, dad, 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 dad. Quote, unquote, Earth's gravity is an illusion. Objects do not accelerate downward. Instead, the disk of the Earth accelerates upward at 32 feet per second, driven per second per second, driven by a mysterious force called dark energy. Ooh, Ooh Dad, <laughs> how can you argue with that? Help me. I don't have to argue with that. It's such nonsense. Okay, but how? Why? Anybody who's like, yeah, explain that, huh? How would you explain it, Dad? Give me some facts. Well, I've just, I've just given you facts. You know, we, 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 we travel around the Earth and uh, the, the, the model of the Earth, which is the simple globe that we have in every classroom, and we have a couple of them in our home. It's consistent with everything we actually see. Nobody's seen these NASA guards, right? There's no guards when you approach Antarctica from the north. You fly over the ice sheet. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there to stop you. There's no military planes come up to inter- in- interrupt your, your travel. You can fly at will. To the, to the South Pole even if you want to. And then when spacecraft get launched, they look back and they see around Earth. Oh my God. So I think the flat Earth people have to do a better job of selling their ideas before we have to, we need to spend time trying to explain their ideas to us. I guess that's true. But there's also, to not, okay, there, there's a lot of discredit. No, I think, yeah, the idea, if someone truly believes that the Earth is flat, it's a little like, mm, I don't know about that. But there's also a different type of person who goes to these, like, flat Earth, what's it called, conventions or whatever, for the sake of, like, agreeing or disagreeing on, like, what is it, like, a discussion, a debate on, like, theoretical things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to, like, Oh, like if we were in like Lord of the Rings, we know it's fantasy. Let's argue in this world of fantasy of like whether this or that is true. So there's also different theories, which I kind of like it. It's kind of like, it's very fantastical. Mm -hmm. There's one theory where it's like Antarctica, it's not like an edge or the earth is a disc, but instead it's Antarctica on the edge. It just extends in all directions. And then there's an up and a down and you can never like cross 
between those two. I don't know. That's a cool fantasy thing. Let's just say. Let's just say fantasy. Reiterate that. It's a fantasy, but it does have nothing to do with reality. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Oh, my final. Not final, but one of the biggest arguments is water doesn't fall off the earth. If it was a sphere, a sphere would just fall off. If it's flat, it stays. Water doesn't fall. Well, water doesn't fall off the Earth because it's attracted by the gravitational force of the gra- of the Earth's gravitational field, <laughs> and it is drawn towards the center of the Earth by mm-hmm. gravity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, now jumping back on the side of, yes, let's prove Earth is round. There's like some... Do you know what a TikTok is, Dad? TikTok? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a social media platform. <gasps> Dad, you do know! That's, a, that's as much as I know. Did Leo tell you? Or how did you happen upon this? I read about it in the New York Times and in The Economist. Wow. Yeah, it's it's reached that thing. Anyways, so there was um, a TikTok video of this person saying, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I saw my uncle in a boat and he went that away, like off into the ocean or whatever, into the water. And then the boat disappeared. He fell off the earth. Like, he fell off the edge of the earth. Like, because I couldn't see him anymore. But isn't that a way to prove that the earth is spherical because if you do look at a boat on the edge or the horizon don't they look that they're kind of like sinking behind not sinking but like disappearing over the horizon absolutely that's the curve that's the curvature of the earth you're absolutely right so to disprove that you could give that person a call and be like hey did you fall off and they'd be like no did you fall off i don't see you anymore it's like no it's like oh yeah that's a curve absolutely yeah absolutely there you go and then didn't the Egyptians also find that Earth wasn't flat? Of oh, something with like pillars and shadows? Yes, absolutely. Could you elaborate? They were actually able to measure the uh, the size of the Earth, in fact, very clear by comparing lengths of sh- shadows at different latitudes. I forget where they did it. I think it might have been Greece and Egypt at the same time, or but yes. How did they know it was like the same time? Um, well, they did. They I think they they didn't have clocks like we have clocks, but they just they knew it was the same day. And, you know, any shadow has a shortest length at the middle of the day. So they measured the shortest length of a shadow of a pole of a certain height on the same day at two different latitudes. And from that, they were able to estimate the, the size of the Earth. And they got a pretty good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And the further north, the further north you go, the longer the shadow is of a given uh, of a given pole because of the inclination of the sun. So if you can compare the length of the shadow of a pole at two different latitudes at the at midday when the shadow is its shortest you can estimate from that the size of the earth oh yeah. so that's how they did it it's very cool it's very clever were they just smart people back then they're always smart people why do you think there's like a regression i don't know when you were coming up in school or education were there flat earthers oh probably i think they've been flat earthers for a long time i don't honestly i don't think there are very many people are flat earthers most people believe the earth is round but as a society, where it's, it's there's a lot of lot of anxiety about people's attitude to science and to facts nowadays. But the truth is, there's much more interesting science known now than there was when I was a kid, and there'll be much more interesting science known when your kids grow up and they they're challenging the world. Um, so we're learning more and more all the time. In most respects, our knowledge base is is just getting stronger all the time. Yeah. I don't know. There's something with like, I really liked, I don't know if it was a definition, but the 
definition of like a theory or something where it's like a theory is not a fact it's just like a hypothesis that's like really supported or that has evidence that's supported can theories ever be checked off as true or false in physics and astronomy the answer is no never completely but the word theory in physics actually has more meaning to it than the word theory in everyday use. So people can be talking about what just happened in politics and somebody will say, well, my theory is, and it'll be just be their idea. And that's what I would call a hypothesis. So you made the right analogy there. A hypothesis is just something that occurs to someone and they describe it. Whereas the theory of gravity due to Einstein is a beautiful mathematical construction that has been tested by physics experiments for over a century now and it has passed every single test. So that's not just somebody saying, oh, my theory is. It's not even just a, a genius saying, oh, my theory is. It's, it's a combination of a very compelling mathematical structure and a lot of tests over and over again, and it passes every single test. So they're kind of like, ha my theory is this. And that's more of a hypothesis that's not the most supported. And then there's like the, the holy grail theories that's like, yeah, there's like evidence, there's like tests, there's blah, 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 this. Yeah, absolutely. So the, these are theories that, of course, we're constantly testing them because it's very interesting to see the possibility that they, they might be wrong. But the more you test them and they keep passing the test, the more you come to believe them. Mm -hmm. So we can say the theory of the Earth being flat has been disproven. Oh, absolutely. So wait, so yeah, could you write off a theory then being like, no, that's disproven. Oh, absolutely. And just to give an example of a, of a very good theory that's been disproved, Newton had the first, what we might call a theory in the modern sense of the word that I just described to you, because he, he, he had strong mathematics, and then he started, um, he, and he explained gravity. But Einstein's theory is a better theory. It explains more of what happens with gravity. It, it, it understands strong gravity. It understands high velocities in a way that Newton's theory did not encompass. So it replaced Newton's theory because Newton's theory was incomplete. Oh. So, yeah. I don't know what else I was going to talk about, but I think that was kind of it. I think that's great, actually. It's about, it's about the right amount of time. And I actually really enjoyed talking about the flat earth with you because I don't have a conversation about that very often. Do you ever hear that? Or do people in the astronomy world just like, what the heck, just brush that off? I think most people in the astronomy world just brush it off. As they should. Yeah, as they should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alrighty, well, it took us some time to figure out technology, setting up the headphones, but yeah. We, we, we got it. And I'm convinced that we got a recording here. Oh, don't say that, Dad. I feel like you jinxed it or something. <laughs> But I'll come in August. That'd be nice. That'd be great. Shall I stop recording? You don't want to chit-chat a little, Dad? Well, we can keep chit-chatting. I said, do you want to record the chit-chat? Yeah, why not? I like chit-chatting with you. I like chit-chatting, too. I Sometimes it's like listening to podcasts. It's like kind of the background noise of like... I don't know. It's so sad. Sometimes Robbie and I, the boyfriend, mm -hmm. we like turn on a podcast. And because it's like another conversation, it's like, oh in like a party or a social <laughs> gathering and yeah. then we have our own conversation it's like the background noise of like covid because it's like you, you can't be around people as oh, much oh that's so interesting i i in fact we should have done that because you know we've got a big house on here it's relatively low population density we should, should have set up mm -hmm. podcasts in every room so we felt that the house was full oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you know the 10 hours of a fire burning and it's like the crackles and it's like... Mm -hmm. Or like 10 hours of a torrential downpour or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, Dad, did you hear about the the Delta variant? I've been paying attention to the Delta variant, yeah. Are you worried about that? Not for me personally and not for you because you've been vaccinated. Well, they said... uh, They said... Robbie said that they said, meaning he saw some videos on YouTube that it's like... The more COVID cases in hospitals now are like becoming higher percentages of amounts of like, oh, this is the Delta variant. And they were saying like, oh, even the vaccinations aren't quite correct to do the Delta one. No, the the, the vaccinations, um, particularly the Pfizer and the Moderna, mm-hmm. appear to be quite strong against the Delta variant. Oh, okay. So the first thing you said, though, is quite correct that the increasing fraction of all of the infections are Delta variant. And that's inevitable. When you've got a bunch of different variants... Yeah. Infecting people, the one that's the most contagious always wins out after a few generations. Without it, without exception, it always goes that way. But there are, there are very few what are called breakthrough infections, which is when somebody who has been vaccinated gets infected. With the other variation? They're called breakthrough. And it's, it's mostly the Delta, but those people are not getting very sick. You know, even the people who do get infected don't get as sick as the people who are unvaccinated. So there is a, an upsurge going on right now. There's a bit of a problem in California, but a bigger problem in Southern state. And it's almost all people who have not been vaccinated are getting sick. Tis, 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 guys. Also, the other thing, Dad, I was thinking is, oh, let's say, I, oh, the shot, like everyone's going to get sick from it or whatever. It's like millions of people have gotten this shot. So it's like, if we all get sick, you'll be included. Well, but the truth is, you know, million, very many millions of people have been vaccinated, like over 100 million people in this country. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting sick. Surprise. Yeah, they're not getting sick with COVID either, right? Whereas the people who are getting COVID are the people who have not been vaccinated. And some of them are getting very sick. So, yeah, I just wish people would get vaccinated because I, I don't want anybody to die of a disease that's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's exasperating. And there's you know, all this effort went into getting a vaccine produced in a big hurry. Mm-hmm. And so you, maybe it was reasonable to be apprehensive at the beginning because it, it, it was developed very quickly. It was rushed. It was rushed. But now... Not tens of millions, but over 100 million people have been vaccinated. And they're doing fine. They're not getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, frustrating when it's like, huh, come on. What? What are you doing? Let's all... How did people get rid of smallpox? Was there no variation of that one? Smallpox was eradicated by vaccinations. And I think there's a significant difference there. My parents knew of a world where there was a reasonable chance that anyone would die of of a contagious disease like tuberculosis or diphtheria or typhoid fever or cholera or smallpox. So they took vaccinations very seriously. Whereas we've, we've had the luxury that most of those great diseases have been conquered. Smallpox has been eradicated completely. It was done by vaccinations. But wait, so... Does that mean there was like a variation of that one? Because with the Delta variant, is this like going to be like the flu? Is there a disease? What's a disease? What's a flu? What's a virus? What's a bacteria? Well, a virus is a, a bacterium is, a, is an entire biological cell with a nucleus and a, a membrane around it. Whereas a virus is just a group of, of complex chemicals, including RNA and, and DNA. So it's, a, it's the most primitive thing that interacts with life and reproduces itself. And... Honestly, I, I don't actually have a lot of expertise with smallpox because smallpox was, was already not much of a problem when I was a kid, but um, I was vaccinated against it. Smallpox used to kill a third of the people who got in- infected. Jeez. It was a really bad disease. So getting rid of smallpox is a huge success. Yeah, this might be going outside of your, as you said, expertise, but is does 
It's similar with like the dark matter and dark energy. Does small pox have anything to do with chicken pox? It does a lot to do with chicken pox. Oh, okay. They're very similar. And in fact, it turns out that um, I, I, I'm not an expert, but I've read it, uh, some of the history of science books. The early development of smallpox mm-hmm. vaccination was inspired by a doctor noticing that mostly women who worked with chickens who had a lot of ch- who got a lot of chickenpox tended to survive smallpox outbreaks. Hmm. And he thought, oh, maybe there's some connection here. So he started taking the pox from chickenpox. You know, they used to get these blisters. Yeah. Um, and you know, scraping it in people's skin to see if it would protect them against smallpox and discovered that it did protect them against smallpox. Side question. Are you saying pox with a T or pox? P-O-X. P-O-X. Smallpox. Chickenpox. Pox. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, is it bad for me to say that, like, I feel that anti-vaxxers are kind of in the same group of flat earthers? Um, honestly, I think they're much worse than the flat earthers because the flat earthers don't do any harm. You know, the the anti-vaxxers lead to some people dying. There is something like, what was it? It's not, is it tuberculosis? It might be that. It was some disease where it's like, oh, we don't really have a problem with this. But then in some like random area, there was like an outburst of like tuberculosis, tuberculosis, Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, because people had not been getting vaccinations, there's like a boom, kids were getting it, adults. That can happen. There's something like that. It happens with polio also. Uh, what's polio? The iron. The iron lung disease. Yes. Um, then I don't think I don't think there's anybody in iron lungs now. But there were children in iron lungs when I was a kid. I I knew children who had polio. Wait. So what does polio do specifically? It it causes partial paralysis of like everywhere well it, it depends on how seriously you get it the, the kids that i knew you know were often in wheelchairs because they couldn't use their legs but if you had a very mild case you might just be limping for the rest of your life wait so the iron lungs are like you're paralyzed in your lungs yeah you, oh wait no their heads stick out yeah the heads stick out but yeah they couldn't they, they couldn't use the muscles to operate their lungs Ugh, that sounds like a scary one mm-hmm. but that's pretty much gone right i believe so actually i haven't heard of i haven't heard of anybody being in an iron lung for a long time but polio as a disease is completely gone now from most of the world and sadly the only places where it's found are parts of the world where there's a lot of um, unrest and armed militia groups it's just too dangerous for the medical people to get in there uh, uh. Yeah. Should we try to end it on a brighter note? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do you have something in mind? Something in mind. Something that's bright. Um, I don't know. I was going to say we were watching the new Loki show and it ended in a very exciting way. But then that kind of reminds me of like capitalism and then just a monopoly. So maybe not that one. <laughs> well, we've been seeing a lot of... Um, turkeys? Pe- um, not peacock. Turkeys <laughs> with babies. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Oh, okay. Yes, we can talk about this. Yeah, so it's the little things. It's the little things, you know? So Robbie and I, we walk around our apartment complex and at the beginning of spring or summer or something, Mm -hmm. there we always saw these like couples of like geese. And then one day, dad, we were taking a walk and so many little goslings and they were so cute <laughs> there are all these like little baby gooses and they kind of look like ducks in the beginning because they're yellow but they were so cute anyways so then obviously you know how i went to um lexington for two weeks mm-hmm. so this is towards the end of the summer so when i came back oh my god they all grew up dad they're so <laughs> cute they're like little teenagers 
And it's like, you could still kind of tell them apart from the parents because the parents, like their head and neck are all like completely black. But the like little younglings, they're Mm -hmm. kind of the same height, but a little shorter. But their neck is like still like a little gray or tough. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like 20 of them. They were so cute. Oh, that's great. So what about your little tiny turkeys? Well, we haven't seen them um, growing up so much. Actually, I I, I haven't seen them myself. Leo and mom saw them and uh, they took a video with their phone. (laughs) One one of them did. Mm -hmm. And apparently when when they get scared, they kind of crouch down into the grass and they almost disappear. (gasps) And then when they stop being scared, they stand (gasps) up again and start walking after the mom. Oh my God, that's so cute. Yeah, uh, so that's uh, a good uh, that's a good note. Oh wait, what were you gonna say? I feel like I cut you off. Um, actually, I forget. I was gonna say something about the turkeys. Uh, the turkeys are an endless source of entertainment for us. They are. We see them almost every day. Yeah, Leo collects feathers, which I think is kind of gross, but you do you, right? Well, yeah, but Leo, Leo will pick them up. It's mum who actually collects them. Oh. Yeah. I remember mom being like, "Don't touch that bird feather. It's dirty." And I'm like, oh, okay, "Well, she's got disease. she's gotten over she's gotten over that." Wow, how the times have changed. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, I guess this uh this episode is a little different cuz of the chatting at the end, but I don't know, maybe we'll see if people like it or don't like it or we'll cut it shorter. We can do that. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh we need to work on our closing statement or wrapping up because it's very like, are we done? I guess we're done. Yeah, yeah. We should we should have a like a little flag that we hold up so you can see the time to go, and we we have a little little patter to say at the end. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 make that a goal for the next one. Okay. I'll try to hold on. I'll wrap it up right now. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. So space. Let us know what you think about the conversation part. It. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's fun. Do people listen to podcasts to learn things? Perhaps this one, I don't know. Maybe in the beginning, you could skip it, you could stop it, whatever, what, what. But um, yeah. Yes. Yes, goal next time we will work on a an ending thing. Yes, we're having, having too much fun here. Yes. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.